the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Citizens of Beverly Hills, welcome to 90210 So, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as always is my partner in the show, Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm awesome, JT, and we've kind of got some big news here off the top, right? This is a, a new day for 90210 So in some ways. It's an exciting one. I think we made the cover of the blaze, I think, uh, with oh, this story crap. here. So... Yeah. We've decided to move this show, not to a no-so, to its very own dedicated feed. So it's going to be a pod, podcast feed. Some of you actually may be listening to it right now, uh, solely for this podcast, not to a no-so. It's, uh, you know, it's something we really enjoy doing. We're dedicated to continuing to do it, and we just think it, it deserves its own little home. Uh, for those, you know, fans, which you know is not a ton of crossover between the, some of the other content of the North South Connection and fans of this podcast. So... We thought it deserved its own little home, so if you subscribe, this will be the only show you'll be getting, and uh, we appreciate your subscriptions. If you're listening on North South Connection, this episode and our next episode will be cross-posted on both feeds, uh, but starting with Season 2, our exclusive home will be just on the new 9021 No-So feed. So in our next episode, we'll kind of give the final marching orders as to where you can find it, address, link, all that. Uh, But just know for now, this is one of the last ones you'll hear. Uh, and then our full archive and future episodes, starting with season two, will be on our new dedicated feed, Tim. Yeah, so baby steps at first, but uh, we hope everyone who is uh, still listening on the North-South Connection will join us on our dedicated 9021 No-So feed, or network, if you prefer. Um, you know, still the same show, still the same name, in fact. You know, we kind of talked about that a little bit, because mm-hmm. it makes sense to still call this show 9021 no so um what does that really mean well it just simply means that that i continue to be the south to your north jt you continue to be the north to my south my my uh my north star in in some ways um so you know it's still going to be the same show that you've you've enjoyed all along just just a little bit of um logistical changes here so um Please stick with us if, if you've content, if you've enjoyed the show to date, uh, because man, we're um, we're mm-hmm. ramping up here to start season two, which is um, that's going to be huge. It's going to be monumental for us to move into the second season of this show and and get over that first season hump. Yeah, we're pretty excited to be here. Uh, you know, I, I think we agreed. Our goal originally was to get through season one and then go from there. Uh, like, and it's shocking to me that we made it. We're here as consistently as we have been. Uh, so exciting to see how season one ends and how we set up season two. And uh, good things to come. Also want to give a shout out to our buddy Tim, not the Toolman Taylor, who created our awesome new logo that you may be seeing on social media or on the feed itself as you log in. So big shout out to Tim as well. Mm, Other Tim, that. too many Tims. Too many yep, Tims. Not me, not, not the Toolman, not... Tim Cable, but uh, not your not, you're Tim, Tim, not not the Toolman, and he's just Tim, not the Toolman. Right. 
Okay. Uh, all right. As you mentioned, we are on the penultimate episode of season one. It is spring dance. But before that, we get to bring in our very special guest. He is a first time guest here on Now to a No So, a long time podcaster. He's a fan of this show and of some of the other content or connection. And uh, he is our good friend, Mr. Marty Sleaze. Marty, how are you? Doing pretty well. This was uh, sprung on me. I'm very excited. This is great. I love debuting stuff. Uh, but it ruins all my Cody Rhodes references because I was just going <laughs> to tell everybody how great this show was and related to how great Cody Rhodes is. So <laughs> okay, well, you get that out of the way. And I saw that love in person recently. Uh, we get to spend some time. Good to spend a night together, which was exciting. Um, yes, JT got to sit next to me during Backlash. And when Cody Rhodes came out until Cody Rhodes won, it was probably. The most screaming he had to deal with since, well, he was with his kids, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so every day, really. Um, but it's good well, to have well, you here. He, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's still appropriate that, that you're going to drop that particular wrestling reference because Cody Rhodes um, is my ex-husband. So if you're gunning for him, I I will not pull a, uh, a like a, a Steve to your to your uh, Kelly with with Cody as our or maybe that's maybe that's a, a Steve to your to your Brandon pursuing Kelly here um, oh, as, as the, the ex. Hey, hurt so. people hurt. So I can, um, I can understand <laughs> as you come at me. <laughs> you can you can have him, my friend. You can have him. Although he is putting on good work today. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm excited to be on. Uh, this is actually our first podcast together, JT. So uh, crazy because I mean we've kind of been in each other's atmospheres for a while. So, uh, but it's good good to have you here. Uh, we'll not be discussing rope running. I know that much. So, uh, but before we get going, Marty, why don't you tell us? Um, I think we always do our new guest. Your history with the show Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two and Zero. Uh, when you got into it, when you discovered it, and just the level of fan that you've been throughout your life. Yeah, so I, I'm a lot. I'm sorry, I'm younger than uh, you guys. So the way I watched, well, basically, uh, I guess the easiest way to explain it is this was sort of the TV schedule. If you were homesick or if it's the summer, uh, I was with my grandma. So it was 10 a.m. was Guiding Light, 11 a.m. was Price is Right, noon was the news, uh, 12:30 Young and the Restless, 1:30 Bold and the Beautiful, two was As the World Turns, three was General Hospital. Is there a trend there? I like soap operas because my grandma likes soap operas. So I'm big into the soaps. After At 4 o'clock was kind of where there would be curveballs. Uh, you get into syndication. Animaniacs would be on around 4. Sailor Moon, I have two sisters. They love Sailor Moon. That was like on at 4. And then 90210 was on at 4. So sometimes that was like a good compromise for me and my sisters because I didn't, I didn't wasn't a huge tuxedo mask Sailor Moon guy. And then I don't think they really cared for Animaniacs that much. So like 90210 was something that we could watch together. That was fine. But so, but I was pretty young. And what's funny was I kind of like, like the show was definitely in the ether. We, we saw it. But uh, during the pandemic, I always meant to go back and watch it. And so I found out I was on Hulu. I started watching it. And I thought it was just super interesting. I have like, I recognize all the characters, not all of them. I completely forgot that Andrea existed, like had no recollection. <laughs> but the rest of them, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I know Jason Priestley. I know Dylan. Bre- Brenda became Prue on uh, Charmed. My sisters love Charmed. So I, I remember her for that. We all knew her, too. We were all like, oh, that's the girl from 90210. Remember Kelly, all that. So what's funny is I don't remember any scenes, though. So, like, I've watched through season four at this point, and I don't remember any scenes. So it's very funny. Like, I know we watched it as kids, but, like, yeah, didn't trigger any memories when I watched it back. 
All right. Well, hopefully we'll conjure some love of memory up as we move along. But if not, welcome for the first time. So what do we got to dive into our episode? Season one, episode 21, Spring Dance, originally aired May 2nd, 1991. And it's a pretty infamous episode for a few reasons, um, which we'll get to as we go through this. So this is kind of one of those, you know, Tim, we've had like those big tentpole episodes throughout the season that we've earmarked. And this is absolutely one of them for sure. Yep, and um, I guess from the jump, I'll I'll just point out this is both written and directed by Darren Starr, who uh, has given us kind of our most um, promising episodes, I would say, from the first season. Um, you can kind of think of him as, I mean, he's a co-creator of the series. He'd probably be considered like a showrunner in today's terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't really a thing back then, but whenever you saw him, him get directly hands-on with the series um you knew you were in for something pretty big and uh yeah this one sure it 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 lives up to the billing for being the penultimate episode of the season it it could easily serve as a finale i feel like it felt like it for sure so we'll see um a how we'll talk about this and then i guess in a couple few weeks we'll see how they actually close the season and if it would have been better to go this route all right, we open the episode with Steve and Brandon walking the halls of West Beverly. Steve's revved up for spring, says nature has them all horned up, basically. Uh, he's, he's fired up because it's spring is in the air. We look down the hall, we see Darla Dillon, and Steve says she's the hottest babe in West Bev. And that she always gives him a look when they walk down the hallway. And because of that, he's going to ask her to the dance. For some reason, they put on fake sunglasses that we never get an explanation for, where they have like the like hypnotize eyes on them. <laughs> we don't really get an explanation for that. Uh, they put those on and Steve lets Brandon know that he's already booked a hotel room because the dance takes place at a hotel and you're going to be prepared because that's where the after party is going to head. Of course, with you and your date, David's on the radio. He gives the finalists for spring queen, Maria simple, Amy Yan, Kerry Kidman and Kelly Taylor, who David said is his favorite to win. Andrea asks Brandon if he thinks Kelly's going to win, and Brandon kind of swats that away. And Andrea says, are you going to the dance? And he says he hates the dance. He's got no rhythm. So despite shitting on tradition, Andrea is kind of all but asking him. Like, she's kind of, on one hand, is crapping on the idea of a dance and um, this this type of stuff at school. But on the other hand, she's hinting around at it. Like, are you going? Would you like to go? And uh, Brandon's not picking up at all on what she's throwing out here. So they kind of end confused, like we don't really get any set plan for either of them to go to the stance together, even though it seemed like that's what Andre was trying to do. Uh, in the hallway, Steve catches up with Darla, and she kind of gives him the Heisman when he makes his move and asks about the dance. Um, he even says, we can go somewhere terminally hip for dinner first. Uh, but she says, sorry, I don't do Corvettes. No go. So Steve gets burned by the type of car he chose to drive. So no dance with Darla. And then finally, we head elsewhere in school. Andrea runs into Brenda and asks her, Brenda asks her, she asked Brandon to the dance because I guess maybe Andrea either talked to her. It's kind of obvious and tells her like, hey, girls can make the first move. You don't have to wait on him. Andrea says her and Brandon decided they made us watch a movie that night. Um, And if Brandon wanted to go to the dance, he would have asked. So, Tim, what do you think of these first kind of handful of scenes at the school? We're setting up the stage. We got the school dance coming. It's clear Andrea wants Brandon to go. He's a little shaky on it. Uh, and Steve gets turned down by his first option here. 
Yeah, quite a bit of setup here. Um, stealing, Steve feeling good about his chances with Darla, quite presumptuous, in fact, um, given that he is um, going on and on about the, the hotel room he's got, and that's going to be um, apparently a West Bev tradition. Um, but getting shot down right from the outset here. Um, we don't let that one dangle in the wind for too long. Um Steve is, is not going to be having a good week here. That's going to be kind of the theme of this episode as, as we move on. Uh, but getting to the, the Andrea and Brandon of it all, um, Brandon does seem rather oblivious here. And as Andrea is, you know, hinting around, what if, what if we just did the friends thing, um, which we'll see play out, uh, through a different dynamic a little bit later. Um, but uh, I don't know. I thought she came across, Andrea did, as rather cute and in, in sort of tripping over her words, tripping over her own nerves around Brandon and, and just the subject of this dance and his just total obliviousness. <laughs> um, you know, the stuff with the props and the glasses and all, I, I don't know. I wondered if that was going to play into maybe maybe this spring dance has some kind of theme. So there's there's all sorts of, you know, everybody's getting prepped for it in their own ways. And there's all, all kinds of visual gags, but no real sign of that really. Um, if anything, I was, I was a little bit surprised that this wasn't presented as, um, just the prom, mm -hmm. uh, because that's kind of what it plays out as. And, and it makes me wonder right. if behind the scenes, you know, have we now decided that these kids mm. are not juniors, <laughs> they are underclassmen, they're sophomores, so you're not going to have sophomores, you know, making making dates with each other to prom. Um, maybe we've we've gone ahead and, and made that decision and and we're seeing that soft reboot play out. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, just a lot of setup in, in these these early goings here. Um, you know, we, we pretty much get to check in on every character just in the opening scenes, which is not something we have in every single episode. So quite a bit going on here. Um Marty, are are you um are you pumped for the spring dance? Yes, I am. Actually, the first thing I wanted to say was thank you guys for letting me do this episode. I mean, this is quite the episode. So, mm -hmm. so I really well, sure. we, we, look, yeah. we needed a big star like you. We needed a big episode. <laughs> a big um, yeah. For me, it's all about Steve. I'm going to tip my hand. I, the great episode for Steve. Really enjoyed him. Uh, Horn dog Steve, like uh, JT put it, was the best. The, the put me on a leash line. But the best part is, you know, he talks a big game to his bud. Then he gets to the girl. He goes, uh, "Remember me?" Like that's always a weak line to start with. And then we say hi a lot. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I had a friend who did something like that, and I witnessed it. And I was cringing for my friend at the time, and watching Steve do it. That was the memory I had. So I love Steve at the go uh, from the uh, get go. The one question I got for you guys, because you guys are like the 90210 experts. So this Brandon doesn't dance thing. I'm going to spoil it for the people listening who maybe are just watching for the first time. This is like a thing they carry on for seasons on end. Mm -hmm. Is this like a rib? Yeah. Like, does Jason Priestley not dance? Like, is that like a thing or something? I yeah, mean, I we wondered that. that. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, right, yeah. Tim. We did talk about this in a previous one. I, I don't... It had to be something along those lines. There had to be some, maybe he, he tried the dance and he sucked and they decided to make it this instead. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems very pro wrestling related, right? Where there's like this backstage thing and then it becomes on camera. So it kind of felt like, oh, this is like a rib on, on Brandon. We're just going to make him seem really awkward every time somebody wants to dance with him. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, like I said, it was a real strong opening when I was watching it back. I was like, all right, we're, we're in for a good episode here. All right. Kelly comes to the peach pit and asks Brandon pretty much straight up to go to the dance. And Brandon's shocked. She's like, you don't have a date. And she says, all the cute guys are either taken or she's already dated them and done with them. Uh, so Kelly asks and Brandon's a little hesitant. He's not sure if he wants to go to the dance. He breaks out as I can't dance line again. He seems a little shaky, uh, but he caves when she promises she'll show him a really good time and kind of rubs his hand. So you tell Kelly, you know, this has been an on off thing we've had with these two. Like they've always clearly had something, mm-hmm. some level of feeling for each other, and or at least found each other attractive. So Kelly's finally making her move here. Uh, Steve walks into the peach pit, of course, catches them mid uh, discussion. He doesn't realize that Kelly, though, had just did what she did because he asks her if she would go to the dance with him, and she breaks the news that me and Brandon are going together. And Steve's a little shook, and Kelly and Brandon say, "Hey, Donna doesn't have a date. Why don't you ask her?" So Steve confirms. Brandon and Kelly are only going as just friends. And they say, yep, we're just going as friends. So Steve says, okay, I'll ask Donna, but she better not expect anything. So we cut to school and Steve asks Donna to go to the dance as friends. He says very clearly as friends. And she kind of stammers and then kind of says, I guess. And then, yes, you can tell she seems excited, but she's very nervous. Probably never really been in this position to be asked to go to a dance, especially for someone like Steve, who's a big time player. Uh, Kelly in class is all over Brandon about making these plans for the dance. Uh, tells him he only has to worry about wrecking a tux, the corsage, and the limo, and she'll do the rest. And she says, uh, Brandon says, I can't afford a limo. And Kelly says, well, look, I'm a spring princess. I'm up for spring queen. I can't show up in Melvin or whatever you call your car. And uh, Kelly says, look, don't worry about the limo. Dylan's paying for it. So he'll, he'll cover the limo. We're going to ride with him. Andrea comes over and asks Brandon what time he's going to be over for movie night on Saturday. And he reveals he's going to the dance with Kelly. And Andrea is clearly a bit broken by this. You could see it in her face. We see her at the blaze. She's sullen. Brandon kind of tries to fix it, but he's confused. He said, look, you said you didn't want to go. Uh, and now now you're pissed that I'm going and you're not. And she's just crushing him with sarcasm, you know, about the dance and about asking and Brandon asks, why are you mad? And she just kind of hand waves him and moves along. So it's clear that she's hurt. She missed her window to ask him. He probably would have said yes if she asked him before Kelly did. And she waited and now missed the chance that she's going to play it off like she doesn't give a shit. So uh, what do you think of this, Marty? This all feels very relatable, too. This is this episode resonates well, I think. Um, just all this, like angst over asking someone to something like a school dance and missing the window and the person you want going with someone else and like this all is like a very relatable stuff sometimes we veer on this show into stuff that isn't super relatable for teenagers but i thought this one really spoke well yeah i actually agree with that that's a that's a good point i think one of the things uh, that i noticed i didn't watch most of season one i actually skipped ahead to here and then i watched a little bit of season two uh, season two, but going forward, it gets soapier and soapier. Like this episode is like pretty like normal teen stuff. It's just really well done teen stuff. It doesn't yeah. get like too soapy. Uh, you guys did cover the Matthew Perry episode where you know was he going to kill his father? Was he going to you know commit suicide? That like is a great like soap opera episode. Like this one's definitely more traditional teen, but again, like you said, like really well done and 
everybody's gone through it at some point. Uh, yeah, for me, I thought the uh, the whole Kelly, Brandon, Steve thing was great, especially Steve. He just, you know, got smoked by whatever that other girl's name was. And he's going to take pity on Kelly, which is great. He goes from being like, mm-hmm. you know, we say hi a lot, you know, kind of chump Steve to like, you know, ah, he's, he's got his chest puffed out. I'm going to take pity on you, Steve. I love that, you know, that that sort of character he's got going on there. And then um, but what's funny is when he asks if they're you know, going as friends, well, we're not going. Kelly goes, we're not going as enemies. I'm like, that was a great line. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, it's just the, the Andrea Brandon stuff is great. It's actually, yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for people who are watching for the first time, but, you know, I do actually wish in the future seasons that actually was explored more. Right. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good set of scenes. How about you, Tim? Yeah. I mean, this is classic soap opera, classic teen drama. And I think that's a, a Darren Starr, um, just touch that he brings to to his episodes that it it is it's nothing reinventing the wheel but it's all very well written and very relatable at the same time um so it all it all congeals um really really nicely and so this this just friends uh date uh, between brandon and kelly is leaving steve and andrea crestfallen um i i do think maybe we needed to see uh, Brandon and Andrea talking about, oh, we'll we'll hang out and watch movies. Like it just seemed like earlier when when Andrea said that, it was just sort of an excuse that she was giving Brenda. It wasn't something they had actually planned. So that's that came as a little bit of a, a surprise that she did in fact get ditched here. That we didn't see that. That was like you know, or kind of was it one scenes. of those things where like did she convince like? kind of said yeah. it and did she maybe, convince maybe herself? he was kind of like oh yeah well yeah maybe you know and then she just like mm-hmm. took it as a yes kind of thing yeah i feel like we just i don't know we could have seen something along those lines um but we didn't really other than her just saying it outright to brenda but anyway i mean it's not a big deal right. either way but yeah meanwhile steve's uh day just continuing to get worse here d- jilted by darla and now his best friend and his best girl i mean they say um, you know, there's, there's nothing to this, but we know as viewers that Brandon and Kelly have had eyes for each other, which honestly, JT has been a shock to you and you and I, that mm-hmm. it started as early as it did. And we're kind of seeing some early payoffs here. Um, so I, I'm, I'm like super locked in to see where this goes. Yeah, definitely a lot of seeds being laid for now and far out. Right. So. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Brandon, Dylan, and Steve are tuck shopping, and they estimate it's going to cost at least 500 bucks all in for this night here, this dance. And Steve says you could get the finest call girl in Beverly Hills for that money. And Dylan says, yeah, it's about honor, though. It's not about that. Steve hints at Dylan and Brenda getting it in. Brandon wants to know what what, what this is about. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean they get in a room? And Dylan says he doesn't kiss and tell. Steve says Kelly will get what she wants, even though Brandon thinks, you know, it's friends only, so... Steve's obviously bitter and he's telling Brandon, look, you know, if she wants you, she, she's going to have you. We go to Kelly and Brenda, they're dress shopping. And of course, in a very classic bit, they end up loving the same dress. They tell each other, you know, to get it, but they don't really clearly settle it. It's just like, no, no, you get it. And Kelly does the, you know, nah, it's, it's not my style. Like, you know, whatever, and a little whatever she tries to kind of take a shot at it to make herself feel better and they both kind of tell each other they're not going to wear it but we don't really get an official settlement on the topic 
we see Donna come out of the dressing room. She's got this massive gown on, uh, and she's just all smiles here. She walks in. We go to the Walsh house where Dylan, Kelly, Steve, and Donna arrive all dressed up. Uh, and we see that Kelly's got the dress, the black dress with the white bow on it. Donna needs help getting the giant dress. And Steve says, I need help too. Uh, and busts out a flask. So he's already, you know, on edge here. He's pissed his girl, ex-girlfriend's going to the dance with his best friend. He's, de- you know, taking this girl he didn't really want to ask. And now she's made things even worse by getting this gigantic dress that needs help just to walk around in. Uh, and he's already hit the bottle. Kelly gives Brandon a little kiss. Steve's angry about it. Kelly gives Brandon a vegetable corsage. She said it's the hot trend. So it's made out of vegetables. Uh, Cindy then breaks the news to Kelly. And she's like, oh, nice dress. And before she can really explain what's going on, down comes Brenda on the steps with that dress. And we get the classic Kelly that you hear in the intro of every episode here on Not Don't Know So. Brenda, how could you? Uh, they move to the kitchen. They argue over who gets to wear the dress. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of Kelly here putting a lot of importance on the spring princess stuff and says, look, it looks like we plan to go as the Bobsy twins. And Brenda's kind of like, who the fuck are the Bobsy twins? <laughs> and uh, in comes Jim. He kind of cracks a joke about them wearing the same dress. He wants to take a picture. And then he says, you look like the Bobsy twins. So, uh, you know, he's vindicating this uh fear that they both have. I thought this was a funny bit from Jim, who we haven't had a lot of comedy out of lately, but I thought he was pretty good here, Tim. Uh, so what did you think of this, you know, setting up with the, the the dress and then the payoff of them both wearing it? Yeah, once again, just another classic setup here. I will say that I felt like Brenda maybe had the moral high ground in, in being able to wear the dress, given that Kelly actively, like, this is the dress. She's, oh, it's mm-hmm. cheap. You know, it's, 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 it's not my style. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's so tacky looking, forget it. Like she, like she really shit talked it. She really shit talked it. And, and Brenda's like, well, I really feel that way. You're obviously not going to wear it, but right. You know, I, I guess the, the move really is to just, um, for neither of them to, to select the dress, but they both do. I, I mean, Personally, I think the dress looks like one of those black and white cookies. Um, it's, yes. I, I guess you can put this one down as 90s fashion. Um, I have no idea who the Bobsy twins are. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys if if that reference landed at all. But the fact that it doesn't is still kind of some effective Walsh boomer humor, <laughs> I guess, even for, for 1991. It feels like, so it's like, all right, fine. Um, Steve hitting the flask as soon as he exits the limo is, is really amazing. Um, I, I love that. Uh, and just the weird pairing that, that he ends up with here, you know, it's Steve and Donna. When do we think of them as, as ever, right. ever being a thing or having any chemistry? Um, and I do want to go back to the earlier scene mm-hmm. where Steve asked, initially asked Donna out. I, I couldn't tell like what uh, Donna, the character's reaction was supposed to be exactly. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's like an unintentional knock on Tori Spelling's acting, but it was like, I think it was to your point, JT, trying to come across as, as her being happy, grateful that she was asked, but also a little bit 
nervous that it's it's coming from like a big shot. Right. Like I think Steve, that's what it was. I, I think she was yeah. just nervous to be like, oh my god, like Steve Sanders is asking me to a fucking dance, and oh shit, I've never been to a dance. <laughs> like that's. But the way, yeah. yeah, the way that she plays it at the same time is almost. Oh, really you like like she was almost right. holding out for somebody else to ask her and i wonder if that's where they were gonna go with it but spoiler they don't so i was a little bit i don't know again i'm not sure if if that was just a, a tory spelling acting thing or what but anyway she she has her own great dress moment moments really throughout mm-hmm. this episode with you know this this monstrosity that she ends up with so, you know, again, I mean, this this gave us one of our great, you know, audio drops already. So the the classic quote from Kelly. Um, so, yeah, some big moments here already playing out. Marty, where um, Marty, what do you make of all these fashion faux pas? So oh, I got a lot of questions about this. So the Donna thing, Please. I rationalized it as they spent their entire budget on Donna on her dress, and so they had to cut her lines. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have to pay yeah. her more. Because she's very, like, <laughs> silent. It's like a lot of, like, silent pantomime act- comedy from her. Mm-hmm. She's clearly the comic relief of the oh, yeah. episode, but, like, she never really talks. It's, it's very strange. So, yeah, I thought that scene was weird. Um, the call girl reference pops me because they're like fucking 16 years old. <laughs> the idea of, of hooking up with an escort at 16 just seems freaking wild, but I guess it is Beverly Hills. Um, I got a question. For, I, you guys, I know, are a little young for this even because uh, you weren't going to proms in, at the time. But like, were people really giving out turnip cause, turnip corsages? I was going to ask you as the fashion icon, Marty, um, <laughs> like what, what you thought of that, because I don't I don't know. I mean, it had to be based on something, right? Like, I don't who would come up with that ever. So there must have been some hot fat of vegetable corsages. But I mean, this thing literally had like broccoli and a cucumber. <laughs> it was like literally a freaking vegetable platter. Yeah, and so the one thing is, oh yeah, but so I like really know my '80s well, and by the late '90s, I'm just you know I have memories of the late '90s. This is actually a period of time where I'm a little out of the loop on pop culture, so I'll, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Um, other than that, I think Steve just being a jealous dick, it's it's great. Like that was awesome. Really enjoyed that. The whole Kelly. Brenda uh, Beefin was great. Like you guys said, I didn't know who the hell the Bobsy twins were, but <laughs> Jim paid that off so well. Because when Kelly said it, I was like, whatever. And then Jim paying it off, I was like, right, right. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a clear, like, old person thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Then, uh, Even if you don't get it, it the, the reference lands, like, at, just as a punchline. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's why Jim totally saved the reference by, by paying it off. And then the oh the final thing was uh, Steve saying that she had an army of midgets underneath her. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's something. There's no way you could say that. At this, so, oh. You know, in this current day and age. So the early '90s, that was that was really good. <laughs> the uh, I looked up vegetable vegetable corsage and like places do sell them. Like it came up as a picture mm. and thing. So I guess it's a thing. I'd never heard of it. I oh. never. I, I just wondered if it was making fun of like LA culture, like oh they're so like, I mean trendy or whatever. This this is a this is a series that will yeah this is a series that will unironically use the term avocado head. So I mean it's <laughs> it's just one of those. It's like maybe it's I don't know, East Coast writers making fun of like rich West Coast 
bougie lifestyle. I don't know. But if it's a thing, I I guess it's a thing. So I actually had a situation kind of similar to this, Um, but it it wasn't like a friend thing. So my junior prom date, we uh, were waiting for my friend to pick us up. He was incredibly late. So we're waiting at my parents' house, picks us up. And he had, um, I think it was a Camaro. It was his dad's car he borrowed. And it had like the bucket Mm -hmm. seats in the back. So me and my date are in the back seat and we're incredibly late. And they had a hard like arrival time at this dance. Like if you weren't in by 630, whatever it is, the doors are closed. So we're going like. When I tell you we're going 120 on the highway, we're going 120 on the highway in the sports car. We can't see shit because we're in these bucket seats tipped backwards in the car. We get yeah. to the thing. We we get out of the car. We're running inside. And there's another couple coming in next to us. And lo and behold, this girl and my date had <laughs> the exact same dress on. Oh, uh, so we, we walked in together with this other, this other pair uh, with the two of them wearing the same dress. So it was funny. She didn't go to the school because it was an all-boys school. So it's not like a situation where she knew the other girl. But mm. it was just funny timing that we barely made it. We get there in the same dress. Exactly. Yeah, of all things, it's you know, you're like matchy-matchy. I thought that was only what happened in TV. Like, that's like a pretty mm-hmm. common TV episode. Never knew that could happen in real life. That's crazy. There you go. It's like a fucking Full House episode by Junior Prom, apparently. Um, yeah. All right. Steve and Donna are still struggling to get in a groove. We get the group picture off, and away we go. Steve says, here is where he says, Donna has the army of midgets under her dress. Uh, we cut over to Andrea, who fires up a horror movie about a prom as she's uh, about to house a carton of ice cream. So she's got her night plan. Uh, we cut to the limo pulling up at the hotel. Uh, we get Steve. He's kind of faking throwing up. Kelly gets all pissed at him because he's doing that. But he's he's still clearly bombed. Like, he's he's clearly picked up a buzz here along the way. Or at least he's acting as if he did. Uh, Kelly tells Brenda to stay on the other side of the room so no one notices us. So she's definitely, you know, pissed about the dress still. Donna's a complete disaster with this dress on. Steve hates every minute of it. She can't get out of the limo. She's dragging this giant train. Uh, Dylan tells Brenda to, you know, chill. Don't worry about the friggin' dress. And he's already got his key ready. He's rented room 271. This night is about them and not about Kelly. And Brenda's feeling it. So she's already not caring about the dress. Because we're finally going to get the big moment with her and Dylan. Kelly wants Brandon to dance. Uh, and this band that's playing, uh, and they're like great value the cure, I, I think. <laughs> it felt like to me. Um, they're called the Rave Ops. The JT. Rave Ops, but they they definitely yeah. felt like a, a cure knockoff. So uh, Kelly's begging him to dance. He caves. Of course, he's not gonna say no to her. Uh, Donna wants to dance too, but she's a nervous mess. And Steve's just an asshole. He says no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we cut to David and Scott. David's horny about Kelly as always. He bets Scott twenty bucks that he can get Kelly to dance with him by the end of the night. Scott takes the bet. We then cut ahead, and Dylan is already ready to exit upstairs. Like, he's done with his dance. We're like an hour in, not even. Uh, he tries to talk Brenda down. She's nervous. She's afraid that she's going to be a disappointment. And we get another classic Dylan pickup line here out of the out of the holster. We won't be judging each other up there. We'll be enjoying each other. Uh, and says if, you know, if he wanted to be just another notch, he would have had her up there months ago. But he's waited because he loves her. So Brenda's gone. Like she's she's all in. Um, so uh, let's pause there for a sec, Marty. Any thoughts up to this point at the dance? 
Yes. Uh, so the uh, I'll start from where you left off, and then I'll go back to my other thing. So when I first heard the line, "Well, we won't be judging each other," I'm like, "Oh, he'll be saying loving each other would be great." He's, then he goes into enjoying each other. I was like, <laughs> "Wow." I, I mean, for, I guess some people would be into it, like Brenda, but I was kind of like, "Oh man, that was kind of a little little sleep." Well, I love a good sleazy moment, but that was that was pretty sleazy. Um, so one thing for you guys that I'm interested in, so I, like I said, I'm really into 80s music. I did that whole like five episode series on hair metal with good old Will on the place to be a wrestling thing. So clearly I love my 80s music. I love New Wave. And like you said, totally like a Mickey Mouse cure. Uh, but they had some good songs and I, I like I like New Wave music. But my question to you guys is, it's 1991. This seems like a very like 80s band, but like I guess 91 is not that far removed from the 80s. Was this like a weird pick? In your opinion? No, nah, I feel like early, like the very early 90s is still kind of 80s, at least okay. late 80s with their music. Like if you think of stuff like New Kids on the Block, even, right? Like they started in like 80, 89, but they're like, you think of them as like an early 90s band, even Salt and Peppa, like stuff like that. So I think like early 91 is still kind of a transition period. It's not really until I think like 93, 94 that you get the music shift in the 90s where grunge becomes yeah. a bigger deal. Uh, like new jack swing type of like hip-hop like takes over oh uh, shit with david like, yeah ghost, ghost rap like stuff like that like really definitely. yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah just even the bands you throw like new kids on the block and salt and pepper like they seem hip and i don't want to dog a new wave right. band because that's like my scene but new wave kind of seems passe like you know having like more of a hip-hop group felt like it would made more sense but i like the music so i was i think yeah i show, guess um, for a dance you're probably not gonna have like a rap or rap act, you know. Well, that's the thing. This show sort of oddly hedges its bets with popular music, I feel like. Um, and that's, I don't know, I could do a deeper dive into this, honestly. It, it almost feels like a trend throughout throughout the entire entirety of the series, where it's like, it, it takes them a while, like you said, JT, to even embrace, like, grunge. Mm-hmm. You're well into, like, probably... That oh, yeah. 94, 95 time frame before you're even seeing like grunge fashions and, and they're, they're going to do, you know, the Peach Pit After Dark, which was more kind of, I don't know, grunge oriented, I guess you could say. But that's, I mean, it's certainly not, you know, Nirvana hitting the scene in 91, right. 92 kind of thing. Um, and I the think Cure, just, I think they're still pretty popular, like. 92 yeah. oh, sure. is when the album with Friday and my love came out. Like, so that's right around here. Mm-hmm. So I could see, and they had an album in 89, 90, 88. Like, so they oh. probably were still, you know, love songs, 89. So I would say they're pretty, and this is, yeah. this is a show. I, I think that they're just trying to like, keep it classy. Cause you'll hear like a lot of REM in these early seasons. I know that, you know, we don't hear it so much on the sources, where we're watching the show, but but a lot of the the incidental music is is going to be REM songs, um, which again you think of as like a very late '90s, early 2000s band. Um, so, but but again, like not as I mean, yeah, I mean people forget how popular today they were at the time, but um, I don't know. It's just this this show does have a weird relationship with music where it's not like. The you don't see like a lot of the flash in the pan type type acts, um, and you would think that you would, uh, but yeah, this band here, the Rave Ups. I mean, I'm not really super familiar with, but the sound is pretty consistent with what we've gotten um, 
you know, pretty consistent with what, what we've heard throughout the first season. I almost thought for a second, I thought, Oh, did we bring back uh, the meat puppets from, <laughs> yes. from the pilot, you know, the, the great party at, uh, at Marianne, uh, Marianne Morris, but, uh, apparently not. So, oh, well, we'll take what we can get. All right. Kelly and Brandon are flirting it up on while they're dancing. And Kelly conf- confesses she's been into Brandon since day one. And he says, same. Kelly wants to make her move, but Brandon's a little worried. He says, first of all, you're Steve's ex. You're also Brenda's best friend. And Kelly says, well, Dylan's your best friend and didn't stop you, you know, him, you, him from making a move in your sister. Brandon is quickly crumbling here and Kelly makes her move and they start to make out on the dance floor. Steve, of course, is brooding in the corner watching this uh, occur. Brandon says it doesn't feel right. He starts to back off from making it out. He says, I don't think we're a good couple. I know you too well. If we were strangers, maybe in love. And Kelly actually kind of takes it well enough. Brandon says, you're like a sister to me. And she says, that's the ugliest thing anyone's ever said to me. Um, But she's still like kind of doing okay with it. I think she kind of gets the take. Like it's clear that Brandon is, is into her. So it's not like he's just using this as a reason not to be into her. I think he's just presented as such a genuine guy. She knows like, okay, like this guy cares a lot for me as like, like a sister figure. I get it. Um, Steve comes over and Kelly basically says, fuck off. And he says, good luck, Brandon. She only cares about herself. Brandon calls out Steve for his actions. And Steve says, you're supposed to go as friends. But I don't see any friends here. Steve leaves. And Kelly tries to stop Brandon. But Brandon chases. He catches up to Steve and tells him, I'm not making a move on Kelly. And Steve says, he isn't drunk. And because Brandon basically says, you're drunk. And he says, I'm not drunk. And today is my birthday. And Brandon says, oh, shit. I didn't know it was your fucking birthday. Let's go celebrate after the dance. We'll go party. And there's nothing going on with me and Kelly. Brandon asks Steve, like, why are you being a jerk? And Steve says, and this is where the timeline gets a little fishy. Like, he's, I, I could have swore here he said months ago. But as we move along, it doesn't seem like something he just figured out months ago, the way it goes. But he says months ago he was out with his mother and she was drinking. And she let it slip that Steve is adopted. And it crushed him. He tears up and says she's the only mother he ever knew. And Brandon says, look, it worked out. You got a great life. And Steve says, on my birthday, I still struggle because of all this. And Brandon says, look, your friends care about you, Steve. And Steve says, look, I told Kelly this, and she blew me off. And this is why I don't confide in people anymore, because all you do is get blown off. And now Brandon seems shook. So, Tim, I guess I'm a little confused on the, on the timeline. Did yeah. I just mishear him? Did He said no. months ago, didn't he? Like he six said, months ago he said six. He did say six months ago, which if we're assuming this episode does take place in May, which the spring dance than it should. I mean, that puts us back like in, you know, December. Well, generously, let's let's say November, December. Um, we're still in the sco- the same school year, in other words. So it's like he he finds this out um, in the course of you know this this first season, but it didn't seem to affect him in any previous episodes that we've we've seen Steve in. I don't know, maybe we. We we reconsider some of his earlier appearances in a different right. light, but it's it's well, and uh, he says it always it, affects me on my birthday. So if he just find out six yeah. months ago, how is it always affect him on his birthday? <laughs> because this is the first birthday he would have known. Um, I think that was a fuck up. I don't think he was. I think it's a continuity. I do too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's a continuity issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that this um, 
kind of this this time frame being uh, Steve's. We don't get an exact date, but this mm-hmm. being Steve's birthday does remain consistent right throughout the show run because there's a there is a season finale. I mean, way down the line, mm-hmm. the the going back to music, the Goo Goo Doll episodes on right. on the boat was a uh, was a Steve birthday party. Um, I will see that was like season six or so. So yeah, I mean, they do keep that funny. consistent, but I, I, yeah, I don't know what where he's talking about. He has issues with birthdays over something. He apparently just found out and that, well, he and him and Kelly, and if it was Kelly, six months yeah, ago, they weren't a thing. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. they wouldn't have been a thing. So, I mean, I know they've been a little bit, a little bit on again, off again, but not really, not to the point where it seemed like there would have been an opportunity for him to like bear his soul to her. I mean, what David's grandparents in Palm Springs or something. I mean, when, when would have this, when would this have really come up between the two of them? It's just, um, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit wonky, but um, I mean, it's, it's still a good scene here that, that we get with uh, iron Z uh, Ian's ear earring, however you <laughs> want to say it. And, uh, and and uh, Jason Priestley, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the acting, the performances are good between the two of them. I like uh, Brandon and Kelly kind of coming to this um, sort of compromise over what they are to each other on, on the dance floor. Uh, and Steve just comes over and shits all over it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just such an asshole. Um, I will say I did not remember, like, having a full on makeout between Brandon and Kelly right this early. I mean, I, I know that they, they cut it short, but I mean, they, you know, they went in for it, um, which kind of shocked me and just Kelly being as, as forward and as cool and, and her desire for Brandon just outright as she is. That's like a, I don't know. That feels like super progressive for, you know, a, right. a teenage girl, character in, in 1991 that's that's something again you just don't really see she's like hey you know i i don't feel the same way about you as you apparently feel about me with this whole you know sibling love thing like i or she I does could, i could jump she was trying to bury it because she's desperate not desperate but like it's clear there's a little bit of desperation in her actions at this episode right like yeah but i he feels like brand get the he, sense that yeah. she would have willingly jumped his bones and he was just he's way she's way more into it than he does and she accepts where he's coming from but if he had been like yeah let's give it a shot she she would have been like oh yeah there's definitely a weird butterfly effect here too if they if they get them together here like do brandon brenda and dylan stay together because kelly never gets involved Mm. there like you know like Mm -hmm. there's like little stuff that trickles down throughout time like do they stay together and or do they not get together later and like like there's so many different questions that if they would have went this direction and put them together here out of the gate in season one gosh yeah marty you gotta help us unpack some of this yeah so i agree i think it would have been kind of weird booking in a way because if you put brenda if you have brenda and dylan and then brenda brandon and kelly i think it kind of creates a real strong main event scene and a mid-card scene where if you keep brandon and kelly apart then you have, can play off brandon and andrea you can have kelly triangle up which is always a you know a great uh story so i think from a booking perspective long term or at least for the foreseeable future it, it made sense so 
You don't uh, have too many power couples, in other words. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be too early to establish two really strong power couples that kind of would bury the, the rest of the division, so to speak. Uh, from a the so the thing that really stood out to me about this episode because I think I did my rewatch or first time or watch through probably like early 2021. So when JT asked me which episode I went to, it was mostly because of this adoption scene. I remember this scene and the scene we're going to talk about with Kelly coming up being really, really strong. And rewatching it tonight, it, it didn't change for me. Those were two really good scenes. The scene right here, like you guys said, it was really well acted. And I think that's really what takes it. I mean, the adoption curveball was definitely a little bit different but like you guys were saying is this really different than any other tv show like we've seen this these angles play out before but it's just how good these two guys are together that really takes the show to the next level so i think the adoption was like a good curveball there kind of explain i think that's the thing i mean uh hurt people hurt people right exactly so Mm -hmm. steve He's got a, like, yes, it doesn't excuse his actions, and that's what's so interesting about the Kelly scene coming up. But now you get it, like, ah, oh, so that's why this guy's being such an uber dick all week is because he's got this very heavy thing hanging on to him. And the one person he wanted just to say, yo, I know it's your birthday, and man, how you doing? She didn't even do that because she was so into this, you know, becoming a spring queen. So what a just really powerful emotional stuff. And, you know, you can take a lot from it. All right. David makes the announcement on stage. I guess he's the official dance MC as well uh, that we have our spring queen officially named. And that is Kelly Taylor. So Kelly has to choose her king. She opens the envelope and reveals it to be Brad Phillips. David announces a dance contest now where the winning couple will get to have the last dance with the king and the queen, and they also will win a pizza and a soda prize pack. I meant to go back and get the name of the pizza place. Did you happen to catch it, Tim? Uh, La Pizza. La Pizza. Okay, Mm -hmm. so from La Pizza, uh, we get the pizza and soda prize pack. We cut upstairs, and Brenda uh, says she's lucky to be having sex for the first time with someone she loves, and they start making out, and we kind of cut away from there so we don't get anything beyond that. Uh, We cut to Andrea's house. She's engrossed in her horror movie, eating popcorn. And we get our usual typical, usually it's Brenda doing this, but we get the imagination scene of Andrea pictures herself in the prom, uh, dressed with the blood, threatening the gang with a chainsaw like she's seeing in the movie. Kind of fucked up shit. Like she's basically going to kill Kelly with the chainsaw for asking Brandon. Um, Then she abruptly stops the movie and yells up to her mom, uh, to ask to borrow her evening gown. And I actually thought this scene could go one of two ways. Like, I didn't know if she was going to realize it or if Brandon was going to come in the door and bring her to the dance. Like, I could not remember the exact path to get her. I knew she went there eventually. I just, I thought for some reason Brandon came to get her. Is this how you remembered it, uh, Tim? Is the way it played out? Um, I, I didn't really have much of a recollection whatsoever. I mean, um, unlike Marty, I, I did remember Andrea was a character um, <laughs> in the episode and show, but yeah, she's she's sort of been sidelined for most of this one. Uh, I do kind of think she's living her best life, though, at her sweatpants, eating ice cream mm. and watching horror movies. But I mean, I, you know, that's that's me and in, in my my big age now. But anyway, um, yeah, at least Andrea gets to have a little bit of fun. Like you don't see that a whole lot with with her mm-hmm. character in these. I mean, we, we've sort of dogged on these dream sequences a bit, but. You know, it's not the typical um, 
Brenda weird daydream fantasy or, or again, right. nightmare of, of her own. It's, it's Andrea getting to do something and, you know, be it, be a horror movie villain for, for a few seconds. Um, that's, that's kind of neat. Um, so anyway, this is going to lead to her, uh, making her entrance eventually. I will say that, um, you know, we haven't remarked a whole lot on, Dylan and Brenda here throughout this episode. And it's kind of become it's it's kind of because there's just not been a whole lot to say about them. They're like the one boring stable couple in this mm-hmm, whole right. weird mix. And it's I don't know, that's just very telling that of all of the pairings in the show at this point, here just in season one, right? We're still just we're we're almost we're almost there, but this is still season one and the most just normal, almost like a married couple is Brenda and Dylan. Who would have thunk it? Um, but I think it to to this episode's credit, it kind of works. It it sort of um, helps it just serve as a counterbalance to all the other chaos going going on around us. And I mean, at the same time, you know, we are getting some payoff to what has been a real, I guess, conflict in their relationship, the whole will they, won't they, in terms of, you know, is Brenda ready mm-hmm. um, to, to finally hit the sheets? Uh, that was a gross way to say that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we we do establish Dylan got the hotel room, and um, Brenda's all into it. So we get the cutaway, and we'll see where this this leads us. Uh Marty, are, are you um are you feeling like uh like Andre is out in the cold here? Or are you um are, are you picking up Andre and bringing her to the dance, or or is she on her own for the night? <laughs> um, I wouldn't have had a car at the time, so I guess I would have okay. I would have walked over to her house. I I would have taken Andre into the dance. I, you know, I was a nerd in high school. Um, yeah. So I definitely Andrea would have been the type of girl that I would have been hanging out with, and that there's no problem with that. I mean, Andrea's a good-looking girl; she's smart and all that. But definitely, that she would have been like I know a lot of Andreas. Um, I don't know if they would have those nightmare scenes. Oh, so that was one thing I wanted to bring up. This is something I learned from listening to you guys' show because, like I said, I kind of skipped ahead in season one. Was I didn't realize that the nightmare scenes was like a staple of every yeah. episode. Yeah, it so, really is. It's usually yeah. Brenda doing it um not every episode but i would say she's done a good four to five of these things throughout the run of the show so far um so uh, two things i'll bring up at this point uh so one thing that uh jt didn't mention was that david actually made a bet with his friend that he would um get to dance with kelly we find out that if somebody whoever wins this dance contest mm-hmm. that he's going to they get to dance with the uh, Kelly and this jabroni Brad Phillips. Who the fuck is Brad Phillips? What the, the king. Fuck? The king. The um, so oh. I, you see that. Okay, so David has an ace in the hole. This is how mm-hmm. he's going to do it. Um, final thing, and, and uh, Tim touched on it, so I want to throw this question to you two because you guys are, you know, the real experts, the real fans here. How do you feel about Dylan, Brenda, Brenda losing her virginity as a B storyline? Yeah, that's a great, wow. That's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, I remember that being like the a plot to this. I I didn't know if it was this episode exactly. I kind of had a feeling, um, it was in this episode just because it's, it's been so long since I've, I've rewatched this show from this early on, 
But in my recollection, like her, her losing her virginity was like the plot to end all plots kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. the fact that it is so sort of subdued and kind of, kind of buried under this, uh, whatever's going on around it here. um, I mean, I'll put it this way. I think it works really well, but, but it definitely surprised me on rewatch. I was like, Oh really? Oh, okay. We're, we're really doing this. And this is, this is how it's going to go. Like they, they are not taking center stage at all. Um, I kind of like it because like we had an episode already with Brandon. It was all about that. That was Mm -hmm. the focus. And it's just like you said, they're just like a normal stable couple and it's a big deal. And it's presented as such later, but like they have big volatile things to come. So I think they were just like, they're in this position where, yeah, they didn't need to hype it up, but it's not like it gets glossed over either. I mean, it does get some time here. And they, they have danced around this a lot already. I mean, and the, the, we call it the AIDS episode. Um, and the, again, the Palm Springs episode, like this is, I mean, right. that's, as I said, it, it's been a recurring theme or issue in their relationships. So that yeah, we're going to kind of like that. It was all anticlimactic. I, th- I think it was I, okay. I do too. I think it's deliberate. Yeah. All right, we're back to the dance. Donna's still a mess. Uh, Brandon comes and congratulates Kelly, and she says she's got no support. Her friend, no, none of her friends are here. She's alone on stage. Like, what's going on? And Brandon says, you got to go talk to Steve. And she says, no, he's drinking, and that's why I broke up with him. And Kelly, uh, Brandon's like, no, you need to go. And Kelly fights it, and Brandon says it's his birthday. And she's like, oh, shit, I forgot. And did he tell you about the thing with his mom? And Brandon's like, yeah. So they go to leave the stage. They walk by David, who, to your point, Marty, is tearing up the dance floor. So he knew uh, he was going to win this contest and get a shot with Kelly when he made the bet. Uh, They go to talk to Steve in the hallway. Kelly approaches him, and Steve gives her a bunch of shit. She apologizes for forgetting his birthday, and he wants to just be friends. He confided all this stuff in her and says, you're selfish. You only care about this contest and not being loyal. And Kelly gives him some shit back. She says he's thoughtless and spoiled. And Steve says, well, guess what? You're the only person I know that's as defective as I am. Shits on her mom being a drunk and says, and she doesn't even care who her father is as long as the alimony checks come in and on time and get cashed. And, you know, Steve is just so angry and he's mad at Kelly. He says, all you had to do is say one word to show you cared. Uh, she's crying and says she does care. And Steve apologizes, but Kelly says, deep down, you're just a fucking jerk, basically. So we don't get any real resolution here between the two of them. But I thought Tim, this is a pretty intense scene. Um, yeah. I thought they both did a really good job getting this across. You could feel the history between them. You could feel that they both felt slighted in the way things ended. Um, that Kelly cared and Steve was drinking, which, you know, is a personal issue with her, with her mom. And Steve um, basically, you know, still is in love with Kelly and tries to hurt her as much as he can by going at her dad and all this other stuff. So you know, this is pretty well done by both of them. Uh, yeah, and, and it feels like this late into the episode that what we should be getting here in this scene is is like a, a reconciliation between the two of them, at, at least yep. an apology of sorts, and that's not what it is at all. I mean, Steve is, is spitting bullets. At, I mean, this is cutting, um, just brutal, a, a brutal exchange that they have. Um, and I, I feel like we... Kind of got the sense that we drew a line under the Steve Kelly relationship earlier in this season. Like the two of them seem to 
have moved on and you know kelly may very well have moved on but steve sure hasn't holy shit um and it establishes that they're both like a little bit wrong i mean steve probably more so but kelly i mean let's face it, it looks like a bit of a bitch you know just totally forgetting his birthday or not even so much forgetting it but not even acknowledging it at all right um it, it's just the the fact that she's totally you know off in her own world you know this is like going to be her night and to hell with everybody else especially to hell with her with her ex um so just it just slips her mind oh well like i mean i know she didn't mean to but it's just not a good look for her right um and yeah this this kind of gets us nowhere um but it, it's a it's an awesome uh just confrontation uh between two two characters who all of a sudden are, are kind of walking away with with this episode that seems like it it shouldn't necessarily be about them but here we are yeah, this scene was absolute money. This is this was so good watching it back. I like that there was uh, no resolution because I think it was really re- realistic on how these things go. I mean, mm-hmm. I think everybody's had one of these type of arguments before. Kelly comes in with the sorry. She's trying. She's going to try to like you know show that she cares, but then Steve is just so pissed. He just lashes out. Like you said, I mean, those lines about her mother being in rehab and being unconscious, the father. So he absolutely decimates her. Mm-hmm. She, you know, starts crying and all that stuff. So then he tries to apologize, at which point she goes, you know, deep down inside, you're just a jerk. I mean, this is the point where you wish they could just get a little edgier and just be and say asshole just to, for that mm-hmm. final, like, you know. Right. But obviously, you know, you can't do that. But like, that's what she really intended. And it was just, it's just, it was just great. It was so gripping. And it's just, it is, this is how, this is human nature. You know, people just overreact. They go too far. Uh, and to your guys' point, like, everybody's a little wrong. Everybody's a little right. And really what it comes down to is how far are you willing to take it? And if you take it too far, that's when you get even more wrong. So, uh, yeah, this was this was a really, really strong scene from those two. All right, David's still crushing it on the dance floor. Uh, Andre arrives in the cab and heads inside, and she looks pretty good here. She got done up quickly and made it over to the dance. She finds Brandon, and she goes to walk to him, and she's excited when he sees her. Uh, she says she feels like a fool uh, showing up here in this dress, but she, you know what? She doesn't want to wake up in 10 years and realize she missed out on all the key stuff in high school and regret not doing things like going to the dance, even if she, even if it's against everything she stands for. Brandon tells her she looks gorgeous, gives her a kiss on the forehead, and she is just melted into a pile of goo when he does that. Uh, so she is right back on her bullshit when it comes to Brandon here. Uh, David and his date make the final four, but he's running out of gas a little bit. We cut up to the hotel where the deed has been done. Dylan and Brenda are both glowing, and Dylan says as much. You're glowing, and Brenda says, well, you have a goofy grin on your face. Brenda makes the bed, but Dylan shuts that down. He's like, this is the guy housekeeping for. What are you doing? Uh, so they leave. They were feeling good. Everything went well, and it's official. Uh, Donna still can't sit down in this chair. We've been cutting to her all night pretty much, trying to sit and, you know, trying to sit down. She can't do it, and... I don't get why no one's helping her. <laughs> like, like everyone's standing around her. No one's bothering to get, just to help her sit. Uh, Brenda comes over to the stage to tell, tell Kelly the news. She's all smiles. Um, 
and just ignores Kelly Zerd. Kelly's like, what are you doing up here? Someone's going to see us. And Brenda's like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. And Kelly realizes what happened and she's all pumped. So they kind of reconcile over the issues. Um, she's super happy for her friend in her big moment. Uh, and then we see Donna again. Like, again, why why is no one helping her uh, sit down? Like, what the fuck? So, Marty, up until this point, you know, we're up until the, the verge of David winning the dance. We'll get to that in a minute. But what did you think to this point here? The revelation of Brendan Dillon making it happen and uh, uh, Andrea and Brandon. Brenda climbed Bone Mountain. She was a happy camper. <laughs> I was trying to think of a different way than how you guys said it, so I was like, I'm going all out on that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, the Dylan Brenda stuff and just played second fiddle. I mean, I was I was happy for. Her. Uh, I am generally a Brenda fan, but like, it was pretty. Uh, I think it was funny that she did try to make the bed. Like, I think that was very on brand mm-hmm. Brenda. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, oh, the one thing I noticed, I don't know if it's like for sure because I'm a little hazy on where exactly we stopped, but the band, so I really liked the song, uh, Doing the Best I Can. Was it all just part of the plan? Was the chorus? They played the song twice. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Big was, encore. It was like, okay, this band is just, they know they're one hit and they're sticking with it. Uh, Tim, what did you got? Look, they they have uh they they cut a demo. Maybe they they've released an EP at this point. They're just they're not real established yet. So yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna stick with what works. Um, but no, I, I noticed that too. Thought it was very funny. Um, David, who uh they, they similar to Donna, they they frequently just kind of cut away to to show him cutting up the dance floor. And I mean, this is where he has debuted his his signature move, which. I think we should just call it the David. Um, it's like this sort of two-step with a lot of lot of swoops, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing this arm clockwise, and I, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna swing it counterclockwise on you. Really, really fuck with you. Um, this this is great from uh, Brian Austin Green, of course. I, I guess this was kind of his thing, so then maybe they decided to work it into his character slash the show um, certainly won't be the, the first time we see, or the, the last time we see uh, David cut a rug here. Um, you know, JT you talked about how it was a bit of an anti-climax, if anything, the way that this reveal plays out mm-hmm. that, that uh, Dylan and Brenda did the deed. Um, but very much by design, as we talked about, I, I think there are legitimate story reasons to do it that way, but also just for reasons of taste that this is, you know, a teenager, a very early, you know, nineties teen drama. Like in my head, again, I sort of remembered this as, um, them getting together and like candles and, and, very sensual, very romantic. They, they, they light, they, you know, use the sexy lighting and, all, mm-hmm. but they don't do any of that stuff. And I, I think that it's, it's much better that they don't, because again, it's just gross to try to frame this teenage girl losing her virginity mm-hmm. as, you know, romantic or sexy. It, it doesn't mean that she regrets it. It doesn't mean it wasn't a negative experience for her, but let's not try to turn it into something. It's right. just not, um, or that's something that's just inappropriate for, for this time period, for any time period, really, um, for me to be a little bit prudish here. <laughs> um, 
but I, I just thought it was the right play, the way that they do this. It's, you know, they established, they got the room, we cut away, we come back, they're happy. And, and the fact that Brenda is happy about this, again, I talked about how progressive um, Kelly's character is for being sort of as, as sexually forward as she is for the early 90s. Look at look at Brenda um, losing her virginity and is thrilled, like has no negative consequences. That's that feels like a, a pretty big win for uh, for the time period. So I don't remember any other shows uh, being able to do that and get away with it. So uh, very good. Um, finally, Andrea, you know, making her her big appearance is like, I don't know. It's um, it feels like some character growth on her part because we've seen her so much presented as this very um, staunch, mature intellectual who's above the very you know high school social scene of it all, and she's just admitting, hey, I'm. I'm a 16-year-old high school junior slash sophomore, just like the rest of you. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't want to miss what could be a great night for me and a great memory. And um, it's just a sweet scene that she has with with Brandon. So I, I like where we settled on on that little subplot. So, yeah, man, so much to keep up with here. Mm-hmm. All right, David wins the dance contest after breaking his body. He gave all he had, uh, but he wins the bet. He gets to dance with Kelly. So we head to the last dance and everyone's pairing off. Dylan and Brenda are all smiles. Brandon asks Andrea to dance. She's over the moon. Kelly tells David to back off a bit, and he says, as creepy as possible, you smell as good as I thought you would. Andrea asks Brandon if she's a geek for coming alone. He says, no, we never get to slow dance in the newsroom, so it's cool. Steve leaves Donna, and she's sad as he cuts in on poor David. His dream also crushed now as Steve cuts in and takes over with Kelly. Steve tells Kelly they didn't finish and apologizes for being a jerk all night, and Kelly does too. Steve says, despite everything, I still love you. And, uh, you know, he knows that she feels deep down inside that she loves him too. She says, maybe, but it's not the same way. And they kind of agree that, hey, in their own way, they love each other, whether Steve is still romantically in love and Kelly's more... Um, like a like a good friend in love. There's still something there. And she gives him a birthday kiss. Kelly sees Donna sitting there sadly and just gives Steve shit for not dancing at all with her all night. So she goes and gets him, uh, goes against Donna and makes Steve apologize for being a shitty date. And Donna apologizes for the dumb dress. But Steve says, no, you look, you look gorgeous. It's fine. Uh, Brandon, Andrea, Dylan and Brenda come in and we get the big group dance like you'd get in any of these shows in a big dance episode. <laughs> Uh, Kelly gives Andre her crown, which is kind of a cool moment. And then they pass it around to Brenda. Uh, Brandon asks what was going on upstairs, but Brenda says nothing. And Brandon says, hey, you know what? This is one of the strangest nights of all time. They all agree. And Dylan says spring is in the air. And we wrap up. So that's kind of the tagline of this episode. We opened with it. We closed with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Marty, what do you think of this whole final stretch here getting us to the uh, the end? Yeah, so I think this is where the, the new wave band kind of sticks out to me. So, you know, <laughs> Tim was describing David's dance, and I liked it. I dug it. You know, it's very hip. It was very happening. It was cutting edge. But it would make a lot more sense sure. if Bobby Brown was the music. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. him <laughs> dancing like that with the new wave band, it was like they were – it was clashing so hard. Uh, but, yeah, so that was my big thing on that front. Uh, I like the resolution of Steve and Kelly. It's one of those things where 
I think if it was a traditional soap where you're doing five episodes a week, everything's first run, uh, you wouldn't wrap it up that quickly. That's, you know, as a person who still watches General Hospital to this day, that's my one reason why I always point like that's why I love soap operas because you can really mm-hmm. do it like you would in real time. Like uh, you always kind of have to put a bow on these shows real quick. And so, you know, to me, it was like a little too quick, but it's like, all right, you kind of have to do it. And they kind of did the and Steve did it the best way he could with his all like. You know, she gives him that, like, you know, platonic kiss to let him know that she cares. And then he goes, ah, one more, you know, the spot. I'm like, classic horn dog, Steve. <laughs> pushing his luck, pushing, you know, toeing the line. I dig it. So, uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good, uh, good wrap up, I would say, overall. And, uh, yeah, and it was just an excellent episode overall. And I think it's also an effective way of reigniting this tension between Steve and Kelly, if in fact that's what we're going to do, because it, it definitely has like kind of ebbed and flowed throughout the season. Again, I thought we were pretty much done with them, but uh, apparently not. Um, I, I didn't feel like we got to a place where it was just like, okay, yeah, we're um, we are very mutually over each other. Now um, we were just lashing out over, mm-hmm. you know, um, these very separate personal issues, but, um, you know, that really is, is not going to be the case, um, where we end things, uh, when all is said and done here with this one, I will say that the, um, musical chairs that we're playing with these couplings, you know, you start off with, uh, Brandon and Kelly, um, which leads to David and Kelly You had Steve and Donna, which we talked about as being so weird. um, you know, it it seems again very deliberate that we have these oddball pairings, but then um, by the the last dance we settle on where everyone is like supposed to be, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You've got Brandon and Andrea. You've got Steve and Kelly. You've got you've got um, you know again the old married couple <laughs> and Brenda and Dylan who have been the one stable stabilizing force throughout all of this. The only one left out, and it's a big oversight, is David and Donna, right? That's the one that they don't pull the trigger on in this episode. But it still feels like there there's maybe an opportunity there for for David, I, David I to thought, take Donna. I thought it was going to happen here. Yeah, I, I was I so waiting for it. I was, yeah, I, I was just, like, mm-hmm, just so waiting for it. And they and they don't. So they sort of they sort of leave those two out in the cold. But um, I, I mean. It's just sort of very telling what the writers thought in terms of, okay, here are our, our like soulmates basically for this show in terms of our right. characters. Here's where we want everyone um, to be when all, when all is said and done. And, you know, <laughs> suffice to say that will not really be the case over the course of 10 years for this series, but the intent is, is quite, uh, quite apparent. All right, so that'll do it for this episode. Why don't we get into our awards uh, to wrap things up? So for best scene, I went with Steve and Kelly arguing in the hallway. I mean, I think it was the best acted, best delivered, and it really, really stung. 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, coming off the heels of uh, Brandon and Steve's confrontation, this just took it to a whole new level. So I will back you all up there. Most important scene, I was close to going with Brandon and Kelly's conversation, but I ended up going with Dylan and Brenda sealing the deal. I mean, it's 
you know, ends Brenda's virginity here in season one. And it, it sets them up to have a more even intense relationship heading into season two. So we'll see how that goes. But I felt like this long term is probably the most important thing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I wanted and I expected to give it to Dylan and Brenda, but I ultimately did um, give Brandon and Kelly the nod. I just I don't know. I, I thought they kind of. They kind of stepped in, and 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 I guess it helps that we see and are able to process them, like actually talking through a lot of this stuff. That um, Brenda and Dylan, you know, it's I mean, there's good reasons we we cut away from from their moment together, but we've kind mm-hmm. of been through it with them already. I feel like so I'm gonna I'm gonna give Brandon and Kelly their moment here as as the first of let's just say many to come. All right, most 90s look, I went with uh, the Great Value of the Cure's lead singer's outfit. <laughs> um, yeah, for want of anything else that really stands out, I guess I'll go with that, too. I think because it was a dance, right, I felt like they were mostly wearing timeless fashions. I was trying to yeah, look something, yeah. and so I didn't really notice anything that was too crazy. All right, most '90s moment. I went with the the dress fiasco. Brendan Kelly loving the same dress and wearing the same dress. It was a very '90s sitcom type thing. Yeah. So wait, I got a question. So mm-hmm. David's dance style. I mean, that's not dissimilar from sort of the Running Man or what have you, right? Yeah, I mentioned New Jack Swing yeah, earlier. Really like true. The, yeah. That's yeah, like a new addition. Like, yeah. That was kind of what I wrote down was how David was dancing. It was very '90s. Like no one would dance like that. No, no. It was like a very MC Hammer new yeah. edition type dance. Yeah. Vanilla Ice. Um, uh, anything for you, Tim? Are you good? Um, I mean, yeah, it's just the two dresses um, is a very 90s thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, all that was missing here was somebody uh, somehow comically ending up with two dates to prom. And right. I know I have to, you know, play interference kind of thing. Uh, best lesson learned. I, I took Brandon to task on this one. Date the hottest girl in school, even if you know her too well. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, not, it's not that big of a. You've only known her for six months. It's not like you grew up with her. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what? Are we I mean, does that does that sister line real that that sister line, um, as Steve would put it, does that really flush? I don't think so. I think it was uh, a Steve thing, and he was embarrassed to say it. I think he really. I didn't want to hurt Steve, and that's the only reason he doesn't do it. He does not think of Kelly as a sister. He barely knows her. Um, I went in a little bit different direction. Uh, I said that uh, having sex uh, as a teenage girl doesn't have to be a huge mistake that you regret. Mm-hmm. As a teenage girl, I, you know, no. But it just clearly that's that's sort of what the show is trying to get across without making a whole big deal about it. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think the the big thing that I took from this and, and you know rings true in my you know my real life is just when somebody's lashing out there's usually something behind it like people 99% of people aren't actually assholes they're mm-hmm. being assholes because something else is going on so get to the root of the problem do some digging ask the right questions uh, and help your friends out of a bad spot tell mm-hmm. Marty yeah 
All right, best hookup, uh, Dylan and Brenda. I mean, like Brandon and Kelly was good, but the best was Dylan and Brenda there. Like you said, Tim, multi- multiple times. They're the most healthy couple we got going here. And uh, they finally hit the point we've been waiting for all season. Dylan almost hit her with an airplane spin, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's where here's where I gave it some, mm-hmm. some Dylan and Brenda love. So, yeah, they, they still definitely will get the best hookup. I mean, how can they not? Uh, all right, uh, quotes, I had a couple here. It's Steve saying, we'll go somewhere terminally hip for dinner, whatever that means. And Steve, <laughs> when he said to Kelly, you're the only person I know that's as defective as me. Um, <laughs> quite the lines. Yeah. A lot of lines from Steve tonight. Um, well, I, I've got some classic, you know, once again, Kelly bringing the zingers, uh, mm-hmm. which we, I think we kind of said them earlier, which uh, in response to Steve uh, asking her, well, is that how we're going as friends? And she re- very curtly responds, well, we're not going as enemies. Uh, and then the whole deal with uh, kind of giving Brandon his marching orders, once again from Kelly, she says, I'm Spring Princess. I can't exactly show up in a Melvin or whatever you're calling <laughs> yeah. your car these days. <laughs> Marty, oh, any uh, quotes oh, out of you? Uh, yeah, mostly just all the Steve stuff at the beginning. Put me on a leash at one point. He said, "You know the spot." And try to intimate that you should get some like right on the neck. I mean, it, Steve was on fire in this episode. All right, final grade. Um, it's obviously a huge episode. Looking back at my scores, I've given one perfect grade, and that was uh, the Jackie Taylor experience, and that'll stay that way. It's my only ten. But I do have a couple of the nines out of tens, and uh, those nines were uh, both the AIDS episode that we talked about earlier and the uh, sleepover, which is a great episode. And I think this is on par with the sleepover for sure. As far as the overall importance, nostalgia, like one of those Keystone episodes you remember from the season, there really wasn't much down parts to this episode at all. I would say the only potential... It, like if you had a nitpick, a drawback, it's that there really wasn't a lot of like, uh, I don't say need, but like there isn't a ton here that does really mean something later. Like I know we said Dylan and Brenda, Brenda having sex, like, but mm-hmm. that was going to happen no matter what. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Brandon and Kelly, sure, but they don't really get together and they don't for like four more years. So it's not like this is like an immediate payoff thing. So I would say that's like the only thing that prevents it from maybe being a 10 is that like, there's no big long lasting story to come out of it or importance to it. Um, it's not like a plot heavy episode. It's a very character yeah. heavy episode, but it's really well done. Like it, it was yeah. an engrossing episode. Everyone played their roles. Well, as we'll see when we get to the rankings and Tim, you set it off air. Like it's a real tough one to rank because uh, everyone had some big stuff going on. So it's a really good episode. It's a great episode. Uh, so I wouldn't just shy of a perfect score though. I went nine out of 10, Marty. Wow. So after lowballing Diamond Dallas Page versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. at <laughs> Come Fall Brawl 1996, JT gets one right. Here we go. I, I love it. I dig it. Nine out of ten, brother. You nailed it. Well, I'm glad you guys are up there because I'm I'm giving it a nine out of ten as well. I, I almost – I considered going perfect ten on this one just because mm-hmm. there's – it doesn't really do anything wrong. I just, I think what would have gotten me there is again, if we had, if we had seen like a, 
once again, just that that last um, bit of connective, like the gang becoming the gang, which would have been a, a David Donna right. dance, even if it was just a very awkward exchange. Hey, uh, you've been having a hard time all night kind of thing. You want to dance? Um, and even if it doesn't go anywhere, get paid off for a while, just if we had seen the two of them on mm-hmm. screen and we'd seen like our kind of four principal couples, so to speak, at least in these, these early goings, that would have been like a classic, okay, this is, this is a perfect episode sort of thing. But, you know, it's, it's hard to dock an episode for something that they didn't do, but just because of that, I'm going to say just nine out of 10 and, and try to really reserve my tens for, the peak of the peak. Yeah, I mean, there's but mega stuff coming that we know. There about, is mega so. stuff coming. I'm, I mean, I will say this. I'm I'm seeing that in 2009, apparently no less an authority than TV Guide ranked this as uh, episode 91 on its list of the 100 greatest episodes uh, of TV or I, I think TV. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that means they think it's the best 90210 episode ever. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine there's many other ones on the top 100. Yeah, that's usually those type of lists. They try to share the wealth. They don't usually have a lot of repeats. I mean, Hmm. I don't know. I can think of a few off the top of my head in future episodes, future seasons to come that are better. Yeah, I agree with that. It's probably top 10 for me, but it's a very okay. I'll put it this way: it's a very. I can see why they would think Mm. that because it is a very representative episode of what the show is, without getting too into the weeds of. Okay, you got to know who this character is mm-hmm. and their history with so and so before they hooked up with you know, like it's a you can kind of come in blind and be like, oh, if this is the show, then I get it. Like I, I see why this has such sort of universal appeal to people. And we talked about it. we were shocked to give it a ten, uh, give an episode a ten in season one, right? I mean, we when we gave the Jackie mm-hmm. Taylor one a ten, so for sure, yeah. All right, uh, the songs we heard tonight, mainly all rave-ups. We did have one that wasn't You Can't Hurry Love by the Supremes, which was playing at the Peach Pit when Kelly asked Brandon, Brandon to be her date. Then we heard The Best I Can't by the rave-ups when Steve and Kelly are fighting. Uh, when the guys are renting tuxedos is Tinker Tommy by the rave-ups. She Says Come Around by the rave-ups is when the gang arrives at the dance. Uh, Smile by the rave-ups is the big uh, dance montage. It, if it was a matter of mind by the rave-ups, when Steve tells Brandon it's his birthday and respectively King of Rain by the Rave Ups uh, just at the spring dance when they're playing. So uh, this band got a ton of coverage. Obviously, they thought it was going to be something big, maybe <laughs> that they're hitting on. But the Rave Ups get a lot of a uh, lot of love here on this episode. And now two and All right. Trackers uh, for characters. Uh, I, I, mean, I didn't I never include like, the name drops of the randoms that we never see. But I just put Darla Dillon and Brad Phillips because we actually see them on screen. <laughs> So, sure, yep. never to be seen again. Fucking Phillips. Fucking Phillips. Uh, relationships, Steve and Donna, Brandon and Kelly, Brandon and Andrea are kind of the newer ones that we saw on here. I, I mean, I, I know we've seen Brandon and Andrea before, but this felt like a next step for them in a way. With the, Even if it's not a next step romantically, but next step is like feelings. So I feel like they were warranted here. I, I didn't put Dylan and Brandon because we've had them the same for a while. Yeah, now. yeah. Places and things I just put. I don't think we ever get the name of the hotel. Uh, uh, so I just put the Spring Fling Hotel. I don't know. Did they ever say the right. name of it? I mean, I kind of just assumed it was the Bellage because every hotel right. in the series is the Bellage, but they don't show it. Um, yeah. 
you know, we don't get the classic establishing shot of, of the exterior like we will later on. Uh, and then I put La Pizza, now that you said it. So. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <impressive. laughs> All right, let's get to our character rankings. I've pre-filled our bottom five, which I'm confident we're going to hold. So Jack, Jackie and Nat, of course, are not in this, so they get zeros. I don't think Nat was Nat in it, right? Nat was in it for a second. Nat was All right, he gets two points then. He gets two yeah. points. Okay. Um, uh, Scott Scanlon, I put him above Nat, so he gets three points. Yeah. And then uh, Cindy and Jim Walsh only have like one scene each. I put Jim yeah. ahead of Cindy. I thought because he had the funny line at the Bobsy Twins. Bobsy Twins is enough to get him over there. I agree. I, I'm with you all so far. Yep. 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 All right. So now we got some some work to do here. Uh, this is going to suck. Yeah. So it's either going to be next. Either has to be Andre or David, right? No. Uh, you like Donna that I much? Mean, I feel like Donna's in there. Yeah, Donna. And I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I know it's a big part of the episode, but Dylan doesn't really do a lot. He doesn't do much. He really he he's slow for me. Man. Yeah, he does. Foreshadowing Jungle Boy's illustrious career. <laughs> so I think he's ahead of Donna, David, and Andrea probably, but then I think he's at that tier there. So, all right, you you yeah. want to go Donna? Donna below David? Donna like below David. David. I, like I mean, David, David deb- debuted the David. So yeah, okay. Yeah, David's. I, I gotta yeah. You smell right. as good as I thought you would. I mean, that's classic. <laughs> oh, boy. He does have a yeah. scheme. Right. All right. So is David ahead of Andrea, though? No. 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 I would, but I'm, I'm a special guest. So you guys can. I have another hill I'm going to be willing to die on. So you guys can. Okay. Do yeah, let's slot Andrea above David. Okay. All right. So then are we going Dylan and are we going Brenda? Yeah. I think we have to. I think Brenda could go over Brandon. You think so? I thought the Brandon oh, Kelly stuff was better than the. Oh, 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 wait, yeah. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? Brandon had that scene with Steve. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Brandon. Right. Yeah, he's at the top <laughs> in this one for me. Not the very top, but he's near the top. I, I think I'd go Dylan Brenda next. Yeah. And then that leaves us with Kelly, Brandon, Steve, which I think is the top of this episode. That's tough. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I, I I would go with I would be fine with Steve or Kelly as a number one. I think Brandon is just kind of below. Like, I don't know. Um. I'm a fan of Brandon at three. You're a fan of Brandon at three. Okay. Solid three. Solid. Big gap between him and number four, but I don't think he's yeah. Right, right. I mean, the top three is is very much removed from. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go Brandon then that. next, and then I think I think Steve's my one. Uh, Steve's my one. Steve, that's the hill I was gonna die on. He was so fucking funny. Okay. At the I don't think you have to die. Okay. I think he's the best. No, I'm I'm willing to. Yeah, yeah. I you know I, I kind of went Kelly, but the more I thought about it, I'm like. This is as close as we get we get to a Steve episode in this first season. Right. I mean, it, he's revealing the adoption stuff. He's kind of that emotional, emotionally propulsive through line here, and um, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, look at Steve, number one. So is this Steve's first time being number one on your rank? Yeah, think so I think so. Yeah. Wow. I can confirm in one sec, but I'm pretty sure. 
All you right. good with that, JT? Are, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't anybody. No, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, I was looking at it quick, but okay. Uh, let me look real quick. I don't think Steve was third last episode. I'm trying to see if that's as high before. That's fourth, fourth, fourth. He finishes. He finishes near the top of one. She finishes third mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, second in episode twelve with the skydiving. Okay. Um, is that the baby? Mom? Uh, I think I that's think one where he and Brandon one. get swindled by the two chicks. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that might be that one. Is this also the first time that the Walsh twins didn't finish in either one of the number one or number two slots? Yeah, I mean, Dylan won early a bunch. Oh, okay. he won like, but but to your point, Brandon or Brenda was always second, I think. Yeah, uh, Steve finished second in episode one as well, so it's his first ever first place. But he's at least finished second a couple. Uh, no, season episode seven, Jackie and Kelly uh, and Cindy finished the top three. That oh, okay. Yeah, that was a real lopsided one. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. All right, here are our top scores, uh, overall scores, I should say now. Uh, in last place, still Jackie Taylor with 13 points, Napasuccio with 45, Scott Scanlon at 64, Donna Martin at 78. That's our bottom tier. David Silver with 123, Andrea Zuckerman with 130. We have Jim Walsh checking in at 146. We have Dylan McKay at 151. So he's still outpacing Jim and actually puts a little space between them in this one. Uh, Cindy Walsh drops out of the top four now down to 160, just below Kelly Taylor, who is at 163 now in the top four. Steve Sanders putting a little distance before his ex-girlfriend there at 173. And then we still have the Walsh wins at the top. Uh, the gap is closed slightly. Brandon Walsh at 232. Brenda Walsh at 233, so one point ahead. And as we've talked about, Tim, uh, when we start season two, we're going to do a little reset here. So we're going to have still do our all-time all, all time rankings, but we're also going to start fresh with the season two as well, um, just to see how the seasons have the effect on these as we go. Yeah, I like that. All right. So, Marty, want to thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Uh, anything quick you want to plug? No, I mean, people can uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at Superstar Sleaze, S-L-E-E-Z-E. Uh, I don't uh, do podcasts anymore, other than when people ask me to, but I watch a lot of wrestling, so I tweet about it all the time. So if you like professional wrestling, you can hit me up there. All right, and for Tim and I, if you're, again, listening on the new 9021 NoSo feed, we appreciate you following us over here or discovering us. You'll find us here every approximately three weeks is what we aim for to bring you a new episode and him and i both have lots of content over on our uh direct sister feed the north south connection podcast network where this show started you can find content each and every day plus our other uh feeds as well please nation wrestling place nation pop we get something for everyone honestly across everything and tim as you mentioned recently too the jenny position now part of north south connection as well you can check out content from jennifer every wednesday over there so for marty for tim i'm jt a little dim sum a little dense sum we're out We'll be back in a few weeks to wrap up the season.